All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, over this Nation Radio, episode 111. I am Bag Milk here with Tyler Ramchuk, Nation Dan, and very special guest, Cameron Lewis. Atkum, he's back. Welcome back. We are back. As we do every week, I want to start this week's podcast off by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. It is time to winterize your vehicle. If you need new winter tires, if you just need a tune up heading into the tundra oil change, maybe you just want a new whip in, entirely head on out to Sherwood park and see our friends at Sherwood Ford. They would be happy to help you with all your vehicle needs. Now, Tyler, Mm-hmm. It is time for this week's Sherwood Ford Giant Question of the Week. It is time giant, for the Sherwood Ford Giant, Giant, Giant Question of the Week. It is centered around the newest oiler, Dominic Cahoon, who agreed to terms on a contract, I mean, about two days after we recorded our last episode. So great timing on that, Edmonton Oilers front office. Uh, but how many goals do you think Dominic Cahoon will get this year? It's been, a, it's been a bit of a debate on, you know, where is he going to play? Will he stay in the top six? Does he belong in the top six? All that stuff. So the Sherwood Ford Giant Question, how many goals? Will Dominic Cahoon score in his first season with the Oilers? Before we get to the answers, just looking at last year, over the course of an 82-game season, he would have come somewhere around 17 or 18 for a little bit of context. Mr. Nation, Dan, I'm going to start with you on your Dominic Cahoon goal guest. Well, one of our uh, listeners did point out that uh, we had a situation like this not too long ago when a young Tobias Reader was coming to town. (laughs) And we had a lot of hope and prayers for him. And you know what? Even with that information, even with that memory fresh in my brain, I'm going to say 27 goals. 
Jesus. Whoa, that is a I, big. <laughs> I think I think he's gonna. I think him and Leon are gonna be something special, and then and then you just you know you take Nuge out, and you got something special there in. Are you saying Yamamoto uh, with him? Are you saying Dominic Cahoon is the answer? I'm I'm thinking Dominic Cahoon, especially at that price tag, might just be the answer we've been looking for. We've got a high wow. watermark here at 27 goals. Tyler, you kind of rolled your eyes a little bit at that guess. What do you say? Well, I think rolling That's fine. my eyes. Come is, at me. I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. But 27. <laughs> just trying to start beef here. I love it. Stop, <laughs> being, stop being negative there, negative Tyler. Wow. Well, no, Hater. it's just because 27 is a lot of goals to score in a season. And uh, I mean, last time I checked, hope will never die, Tyler. Hey, Cam, yeah. your camera's working. Hey, again. I see you. Hey, welcome, welcome in, Coop. Lucky you. Um, so I, which is perfect for all the listeners listening to this right now. Yeah. Um, I just we're first off, we should add in that we're basing this off assuming it's an eighty-two game season, right? For me, I think yeah, it'll be some, oh yeah, for sure. I think you'll be somewhere around the between nineteen to twenty-one goal mark, maybe a, maybe a hair more than that. Um, maybe twenty-two goals. I'd set as his outer limit. I think he'll play with Leon Drysaddle to start. I don't think it's a lock he spends the entire season there. And I kind of wrote about it at the Nation earlier today. Even if he doesn't play the whole year with Dreisaitl, I still think he has a chance to be a pretty productive player, but my answer is 21 goals. So hold on. You roll your eyes at 27, <laughs> but you just go five goals less yeah. in an 82-game season, and you're like, I have that 22, reasonable I, to I me. Have, I have 22 is like his outer marker. I have, my, my guess is like 20, I'll say. Dead on 20. See, if, if we're playing a 48-game season, I'll agree with you. 19, he's going to get that many. But if it's if it's an 82-game season, 27 is the mark. Write the book right now. Go so ahead, Coom. What do you got? Uh, well, I, would, I think you guys are crazy to assume there's going to be an 82-game season. Uh, well, yes, but... <laughs> I would guess... So my, my, my big prediction... Well, not a big prediction, but my guess is our season's like 48 games and he scores 10 goals. But prorated, you're saying 20 goals, though. Yeah, like like 16 okay. goals over a prorated season, something like okay. that. So, yeah, like 10 goals over a 48-game season. I, I think it's like, I bet you he plays on that line with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. That's kind of, it seems like that's the reason they signed him, is to play, to reunite the the Mannheim magic. Adam, Dan showed me his elite prospect <laughs> production in U16 in Germany, where him and Leon Dreisaitl kicked the ever-loving piss. Out of German kids for like seven point one points per game. Seven point <laughs> one, like like three hundred point seasons, and the next highest guy on the team had like fifty points. So I, I mean, I'm guessing that's what the logic was for making this signing. Is they're probably going to play together, but I don't think Dominic Cahoon's going to see much, if any, time on that top power play yeah. unit. So that will kind of lower his production. But I, I I think what we'll see with Cahoon that's very good, more so than. Him bearing a bunch of goals is his his fancy stats will be very good. And they'll they'll outscore opponents massively while he's on the ice with that line. And I Dan twenty seven goals that would put him in the top thirty last season. Like twenty seven is a lot of goals to hey, score in a year. Listen, especially I with saw, no power play. Believe time. in something, Tyler. Listen, for fuck's sake, listen. I saw Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins, and Leon Drysaitel absolutely tear it up as a number two line, and I don't think like like. Coombs laid out there. I don't think that you can discount. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to score 206 points together, but which some people thought I was saying that, by the way. Thanks for that. Um, but it, it's like, I do think that there's like an element of, of, of camaraderie and an element of, of comfort with a player that comes into play that that's why they, we've heard the rumors that Leon Dreisaitl has been pushing for this move all along. 
Um, so it, it just, you know, it's like Crosby spent how much time trying to find his winger and he found it with uh, Kunitz and then never really found it after that. Um, but Kunitz was absolute dog poop with everyone else he ever played with, including the Canadian Olympic team. So I don't know. There's hey, just like a certain element of chemistry in that year. He did. And Same I think he could have been well with that team. Well, that's not, not, that's not because <laughs> it's because I'm good. Yes. That's what you're saying. Exactly. I, um, I think that I'm going to like prorate it over a full season. If yeah. he was at a pace to score 18 goals, which he was at last year, I'd be pumped. So I don't know right. if that's coming in low or not, but I'm looking at a guy here in a hundred and, you know, 138 career NHL games has 25 goals. So to expect him, Dan, to go 27 <laughs> in one season, I mean, I admire, believe. The, I admire the enthusiasm. I love it. I just, I would rather set the bar a little bit lower for a guy. And there's also the yeah. angle of coming into a new team as well. Like a guy coming into a new team, there's, you know, yes, he's comfortable with Leon, but he's not with the coaching staff and all that and blah, blah, blah. And how many times do we see somebody come into a new team? Maybe not necessarily match the expectations. I also think of the time when uh, the Oilers traded for a young man named Joffrey Lupel and people expected him to score 40 and he did not. So I just, I'm I just, just, just I've, I've been hurt before and I'm not going to set myself up to get hurt again. I just want to clarify that I'm not like, if he doesn't score 27 goals, I'm not like get this bum off the team kind of thing, but that's just, um, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm excited and I'm hopeful and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and it's what November, but here we go. Season is starting in four months. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting to see because either way, I think it, this is a really good signing for the Oilers. We haven't even had a chance to talk about it outside of his goals. Um, he's an RFA at the end of this year as well, which is a nice little add-on for the Oilers when they picked up a player that you know they chased early in a free agency. Gregor tweeted about it that Ken Holland made him an offer. He was looking for a little bit more money and was able to circle back and get him anyway. So I like it. I like the fact he's an RFA at the end of the season. He's probably going to slide up and down um, the lineup. And that's going to bring me into our next topic of a way too early look at the line combinations. Cam, you wrote about the possibility of McNuge being a thing with Cahoon signing here. What was your what was your kind of thinking about that? Yeah, it was the same thing I was saying earlier. As I thought, I, I do believe that this signing was made so those two can play together. I, I I mean, maybe for some reason they play together and they're bad, and after twenty games they split it up. Whatever, but I, 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 I would imagine that Leon Draisaitl said, "Okay, here's my German teammate. We play together. World Juniors, Junior, um, Junior in Germany, X, Y, and Z. Bring him in, and he'll play on the line with me, and we'll have a a, a good go there." But what, it, like, so last year we saw that line. It was Nugent Hopkins, Draisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto. Yamamoto got called up from Bakersfield in like December, and that was like a huge turning point for the season because you united that line, and they were just so dominant. I think it was at even strength. They outscored opponents 28-8. to eight. That's good. Well, like after they got brought together, they, they were arguably the best line in hockey right up there with that Boston trio, Pasternak, Marchand, and Patrice Bergeron. But the one thing with having all three of those guys on that one line is you leave Connor McDavid with nothing. I mean, Zach Cassian, it's a, it's a nice compliment to McDavid because, you know, he goes to the net, does things well, and he can also beat the shit out of a guy which you'd like to have next to McDavid but there's no left winger. Maybe it's Tyler Ennis. They let Andreas Athanas see you walk. But what you want with McDavid is you want a guy who plays well two-way. Like someone who can obviously keep up in the offensive zone, that's a given. But you want someone that plays well defensively. So when McDavid goes on his boom-bust rushes, 
you know, when he's going for a breakaway or tries to burn around a D-man, and then he's kind of, he kind of, he, he, he takes a big risk, right? You want players that play well defensively so that you don't have three guys caught up ice at the same time. And that's what you you get with Nugent Hopkins is he plays the defensive game so well. You put him on that line, it just, it, it gives Edmonton a top six they haven't had in years. There's some actual depth there now. I was just going to say, um, with the additions of, you know, Ennis is back, Cahoon's in now, Pugliarvi's here, Kyle Turris here. Is this one of the best top nines the Oilers have had in recent memory? I think so. I, I absolutely think so. I mean, they're going to have a third line. And, like, the nice thing about the Cahoon signing as well, he's a guy who, you know, he scored a lot of his goals at even strength, right? So let's say he doesn't work with Dreisaitl and they have Ennis on that line. Then your third line is going to have Cahoon with Torres and Puglia Yarvi, and maybe that's not the best line defensively, but I think they've gone a long, or Ken Holland has gone a long way this offseason in creating a third line that can actually score, and that's a huge thing for this team. Ken, what do you think? Is this best line? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm trying to think back to, like, the last time where you can comfortably say that, like, you could count offensively on, you know, you hope all top three lines. Um, 16, 17 would be the last one, I, I guess. Because what was the third line? Was Did they do, I think Nugent Hopkins, Eberle was that third pair. And then yeah. it was... Yeah. Uh, Holy Odd or Lucic, there was like a combination. Yeah, they had, I, I can't remember the... Because tr- the, they were the running Lucic with Dreisaitl and Slepeshev, right? Something like that. The third line feel, yeah, like, that feels like <laughs> but forever even, but ago, even, yeah. But <laughs> even with that line, with, even with that line, if you have holes that like the Slepeshev is a is a hole in the sense that like there's you know hopefully better players than Slepeshev that could be up on that line and now you just like with the return of Pugliarvi into the mix you've got the X factor in James Neal as the you know is the guy going to score the 20 goals that he scored last year who knows but like yeah I, I don't know there's just you can't look at this group and be and really be upset with anybody that plays uh, plays meaningful minutes this year it's interesting too because if you had uh you know if you listened to the podcast even a month or two ago we were talking about oh what's going to happen with Andreas Athanasiou like why are they going to resign him or they should should they try and clear up some space and maybe even qualify him but now it's interesting that this is a guy oh. who's still waiting for a job and the price tag you would have to think even if he does sign a deal in the NHL somewhere is going to keep going down and down and down right and even like I was in the camp of I think you still qualify him I think he's worth doing that and, you know, part of the reason was you look at giving up two second-round picks for the guy and then having him leave. It's The optics of that aren't great. But I'm going to give Ken Holland credit for not doubling down on, on what could have made... It could have made a move, you know, twice as bad almost when you consider that it would have been a $3 million qualifying offer to Athanasiu. And instead, he's gotten Turris, Cahoon, and Ennis for 3.6. Like, that's... Yeah. That, when you look at what he did with the money, that move was great not bringing back double-A. It, it could have actually ended up a lot worse with a fantasy or two if he had ended up going to arbitration and the arbitrator looks at his last year, uh, 2018-19, was a really good offensive season for him. He could have got a pretty wicked big arbitration award. So, I mean, like, it's a sunk cost fallacy thing. It's like, you know, um, you gave up the two second round picks. Yeah, it didn't work out for you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, whatever, you open up the cap space is valuable too. So now you can look at it as, okay, we gave up those two second round picks for Dominic Cahoon, and we have him signed for this year, and we can sign him again next year. It is what it is. Like, just accept the second round picks are gone. They're not coming back. Yeah. It is what it is. 
Well, that's exactly it. And it's, and it's one of those things you have to, you have to look at the transactions. And I know that people have accused me of being a Ken Holland lover for this kind of thinking, but like you look at that trade, the, the minutes after the trade deadline or the couple days after the trade deadline as like a, as a bubble that that's one season and that's the one way the world existed. And then after March the 16th, everything changed and every transaction has that asterisk next to it. It's where it's just like, you know, yeah, a fantasy you where we knew we could have tucked him in no matter what the results were um, with a, with a salary cap going up. That was all a perfect transaction in that sense. Even if he had the season that he had for the rest of the year with us, but it's now, you know, the reality is he was dog shit. The team, couldn't fit him in and get the other the other guys tucked in there as well and be able to clean up as much of the lineup as they did without that uh, with or with that with the pandemic having hit. So yeah, it's it's uh you know it sucks to have not gotten anything from FNSU, but at the end of the day, like Coom said, it's just you know those were magic beans. You threw them at the store and you got something that you know you just returned twenty minutes later. That that is like an Sweet interesting. Analogy. It's an interesting way to look at it. How you know the pandemic kind of screwed up the Athens CU deal because if the cap would have gone up 5 mil, they probably would have signed him. He would have had more time to, you know, acclimate to Edmonton before the playoff run. Like, so many things could have played out differently. But then the pandemic almost kind of helps Ken Holland because he gets rid of that money and he's able to get Turris for dirt cheap. He's able to get Ennis for dirt cheap. He's able to get Cahoon for dirt cheap. So that's well, an interesting, done, it's interesting to look at really that. They've done really well in the bargain yeah. bin this year. Like, I, I, was, I was anxious coming into the offseason thinking, like, you know, they have some space to work with, but not much. Like, maybe they can add, like, one guy. But, you know, another name we didn't even mention here is they signed Tyson Berry, too. Yeah. Tyson yeah. Berry, Kyle Turris, like, Dominic Cahoon, well, and, like, Pooley Arby's and, back. Like, man, that's a, that's a lot of ads with no and in, space. And in previous off-seasons, we've been talking about scratch tickets. And we've been excited about the chance and the opportunity for some of these guys to work out. Yeah. Whereas this is signing legitimate guys that have previously, you know, done good things in the, in the organizations that they've been in. And they, you know, whether it's Tyson Berry, where he needs a chance to go back to his Colorado days, or Kyle Turris, you know, to, to be able to come in and, and play a role where he's just absolutely number three, number four centerman, and there's no pressure on him except, you know, to be able to anchor that, that back end a little bit more. So I just, it's... Everything about this offseason, you know, again, it's it's it sucks that we hit the pandemic, but like Tyler said, you know, Ken Holland has handled it as good as about just about anybody in the NHL has this year. Well, one you, other signing we have to mention brought Mike Smith back. Of course, that's still that's yes. still weird. That's still yes. weird. Yeah, don't don't that's love true. It. I still don't. We love can't it. gloss over that. Yeah, can't gloss over that. That's one. very so true. It, this would be if not for that signing, this would be. An amazing offseason. That kind of drags it down a little bit. What is well, going to let me that's ask you bring this. me to another question a little bit later in the podcast about the defense or the goaltending. But first, I want to give a shout out to SkipTheDishes.ca, making it all possible again. As always, it's a Friday. You've worked enough for the week, and that means you should treat yourself to one of Edmonton's wonderful restaurants of any cuisine type you like, or maybe you do what Rick does. He's not here today, but I know what he does, and that's ordering <laughs> different meals from different restaurants and having himself a feast. Treat yourself like the king or queen you are by going to skipthedishes.ca and getting yourself something to eat because cooking is overrated anyway. Right, Tyler? Cooking is overrated. Do you know how to cook anything? Oh, yeah. Actually, like since I've moved out, I've gotten... I, there's certain things do that I've got... you have like a rotation of a few things you do very well? Mm, no. Like, I'll say this. 
I'm starting to get more comfortable in the kitchen, but I think step one is just doing like basic meal assembly, like learning the basics. And I think that's still the stage I'm in, but I'm more comfortable in the kitchen to the point where now I have like the urge to want to learn how to like actually cook things and not just like, you know, put something in the oven, fry potatoes kind of thing like that sort of stuff. I want to learn how to actually cook at another level. A big challenge, honestly, is when you move out learning how to buy the right stuff in the grocery store. Yeah. I find that took me forever. It was like, okay, like what size of stuff? Like how many things am I actually going to work through? Like (laughs) how much leftover shit am I going to have? Like, Um, luckily, there's skip the dishes there for you. Yeah, skipthedigit.ca solves all these issues. Uh, tip your driver, they're putting themselves out there for you. But also, I would say, like, having the right spices in your house. Oh, so true. When you first move out, and you're like, oh, I've got salt and pepper, and that's it. Like, I just need to Dump a little ready. paprika and everything, man. That's a game-changing spice. Paprika? All, all I have right now is salt, pepper, and a Costco-sized garlic powder. <laughs> I'm telling you, paprika hey, in the paprika, mix. Paprika, man. Uh, yeah, paprika in the mix yeah, is a huge paprika one. Paprika in the mix. Again, skipthedish.ca. They have all the paprika you could ever need. Tyler. <laughs> Just going to get an order, an order of paprika brought to my house like a big fucking tub. <laughs> or like when Coombsy, when we hung out a little while ago, we just skipped the dishes a bunch of booze because we uh, yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Where do you, where do you, where do you, like, where do you skip it from, though? Like, what, can, are there liquor stores on there? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of liquor stores now. Absolutely, Tyler. That's sweet. You don't want to leave your house? I'll just ask you for your ID, and that's it. Bring you some, bring you some weed drinky poos. It's a nice cold one. Hey, Bagel. All right, so yes. before we keep going, we do have a special hey. guest on today's podcast. And as Go always, ahead. or not as always, for the first time, our special guest is brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance Brokers. I'm on their website right now. Whether it's auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, they got you covered. Cornerstone Insurance, solid protection, sound advice. There you go. They are wonderful people. Also, they're very, very nice people as well. Yes, they're great. Shout out to the folks people. at Cornerstone Insurance for your coming aboard Oilers Nation Radio. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, another thing that happened for the Oilers in the uh, this was yesterday. William Lagason signed a two-year deal with an annual with an AAV of seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Anybody surprised by Lagason picking up a two-year deal with the Oilers? I like that it's a two-year deal. I'll say that. Like to me, he's what's prob- you thinking? Uh, just the fact that, I mean, even when they gave Caleb Jones that two-year deal, I think when you give a young player that second year, you build in the chance that you're going to get a really, really good value in that second season. Because you, it's hard to predict when a guy is going to take a big step forward, right? Like, Caleb Jones took a step forward last year, and now having him for two more years at 800K is like a mega value. And if Lagason steps up this year at some point and needs to be in the top six, but then suddenly proves that he's a really good top six defenseman, you're going to have him for one more year at a dirt cheap contract. So I love the fact, even with Puglia-Yarvi, it's the same thing, right? I love the fact that Ken Holland gets the second year on these guys, and and there's that chance that in the second year it's a great value. I think Lagason can, you know, maybe be your seventh defenseman this year, and at the price tag, you got to like that. I think that it's just important to have, you know, depth of actual NHLers. We're talking about an Edmonton Oilers team where how many times over the past, you know, decade plus have you looked at the roster and be like man this guy should not be in the nhl <laughs> and yeah. it's just it's nice to have seven's defensemen or, yeah. or wherever he fits into the depth chart where you're like you know what he can actually play some minutes here it's not going to be like huge minutes he's not going to be in your top four but a guy like william Magison can can fill in when you need him to and i don't think it's uh, i don't think you should expect him to play every night but you should expect him to play soundly when he does get into the lineup 
Well, that's exactly it. And I, I was just going to say too, you know, I, I, I harp on it, I think every week, but the reality is that this season coming up is going to have some people on COVID lists for, you know, two weeks or two week spreads. And so, you know, I, I just think that having a guy like Lagesson, having, having those NHL ready defensemen is going to be super important this year. Um, you know, we've already got two banged up defensemen as it is. So, so having the replacement level guys is, is very important. Speaking of um, random non NHL bottom pairing defensemen, I'm going through right now and looking at the Oilers 2018, 19 games played. Do you guys have any memory of Chris Weidman playing for the Oilers? Yeah. So very uh, briefly. Very, I, remember, I remember Kevin. I remember Kevin Grabble pretty well. Oh yeah, yep. Because I have a shop of him on fucking Grabbler that I put out all the time. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Valentin Zykov, not a oh. defenseman, but I almost completely forgot about that. I just yeah. remember because didn't he? He went on waivers, and it was yeah. at a time yeah. where the Oilers had just like no wingers at all. Like and we're all was, so excited. It was right around the time when the Tyratty experiment, like, clearly was not going to work. And I remember Zykov went on waivers, and everyone's like, "All right." Dig in, folks. Here we go. It's a waiver gem, and he played like three games and was not very good. Yeah, five games, minus one, no points. Another I, good one here. Seventeen games for the Oilers. Jason Garrison. Oh, you mean Jay? Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, yeah, Garrison. Jay. Jay Downton Garrison. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 nice for the Oilers that they've internally drafted and developed some guys. Like it's a mid round pick, twenty fourteen. Now here we are, like six seven years later. Nice little six seven D man, so you don't have to go and hand out a PTO to like the rotting husk of Jason Garrison or fucking Chris Weidman. Apparently, I I straight up have no memory of that happening. Maybe, it, I'm, it, maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm thinking of Dennis Weidman, and that's why I'm having a hard time. But my head we're gonna it. look back in a few years, and we're gonna look at some players like we're gonna be like, hey, remember when Brandon Manning played for the Oilers? And it's just you know, unfortunately, yeah, Al- Alex Petrovic. Like those names in time are just also gonna like fade into the background. Those Alex, two trades on the same day. Oof. Yeah, and if you talk about the Alex Petrovic one, I know it's only a third-round pick that old Pistol Pete gave up for him, but what did he play, like eight games for the Oilers? So another fine trade by Pistol Pete there as he was drowning with an anchor around his neck. Um, Cam walks us into a different topic that I had, um, talking about a late-round pick that developed with the Oilers. We still are waiting on Ethan Bear's next contract. So I just thought it'd be fun. I think we would all agree it's going to get done at some point. But I was working on a What Would You Do Wednesday, Saturday edition for tomorrow for WeathersNation.com about Ethan Bear's next contract. And when I was thinking about it, at first I thought maybe a two- or three-year bridge deal might make sense for a guy like that. But then I started thinking, if you're Ethan Bear, why wouldn't you bet on yourself on a one-year deal? Next year, more cap space opens up with the Oilers. Like, Chase on's contract's done. Larson's is done. Russell drops down by $2.7 bucks. Uh, so there's some space that opens up there. My question for all of you guys is, and I'm going to write these down also while we're doing this, let's take some predictions on what Ethan Bear's contract looks like. I'm going to go ahead and suggest my, my thinking's changed a little bit. I think he might sign a one-year deal and worth, you know, 2.2 or something like really? that. Really? You think it's going to be that just, much wow. on a one-year deal? Just because, well, I think, well, here's the thing that I think. Ethan Bear can look at the Oilers and say, you need me. Mm-hmm. He's arguably their best right-handed defenseman right now. Um, yeah. No offense to Adam Larson, but like we also don't know what his back's going to be like. You know, There's some question marks there. So the Oilers desperately need Ethan Bear. And I think maybe it could. 
And I think I could see him going on a one-year deal and maybe betting on himself to keep getting better. And then next year, when some dollars open up, then he gets himself a race. Hart from Puckpedia the other day kind of put this in my brain. And I, I don't know if he directly said this or if he made reference to it, but what if this is kind of like a Kevin LeBanc situation in San Jose? Like, remember how stunned we all were when Kevin LeBanc signed for one year, $1 million? And it was kind of like, that's weird and doesn't make a lot of sense, but they probably have a long-term extension waiting for him once they have the money. And then bang, this year he gets four years by uh, $4.7 What if Ethan Barrett and the Oilers are talking and it's kind of like, listen, we want to go long-term with you and all that, but we can't make it work this year. Sign a one-year deal for like $1.2 million so we can stay cap compliant for this year. And when next season hits, we're going eight years with you, and it'll even be a little bit more than what you would have gotten, you know, previously because you're doing us a solid this year. I think we could see a one-year deal for super, super low, followed by a long-term extension next year. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say, Tyler, what is your Price Is Right guess on this? Because I'm writing these down. So I'm gonna go. My official one is gonna be one one year at two million bucks. That would be my official. Mine's gonna be one year at one point two five million dollars. 1.25 for Tyler. Mr. Cameron Lewis. So that's hard because I don't want to just say the exact same thing you guys are saying, but it does make a lot of sound sense. I mean, I guess the other one, I I don't envision a situation in which Ethan Bear signs a long-term contract this offseason. That just doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, if you're an RFA, like we, you know, all the guys pretty much we've seen, like the longest RFA deal I think we've seen was four years, and that was Anthony Mantha in Detroit. Pretty much everybody else is signing one and two year deals because I mean nobody has any money right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think I think you guys are probably yeah that probably makes some sense. I wouldn't be shocked. One year one point five kind of deal makes some sense. Two no. years two mil maybe. Okay, maybe. so I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put both of those. Throw me down at two years two two mil, so we're not all saying the exact same thing. Two years <laughs> two million bucks for Cam and Mister Nation. Dan, close us out here. Prices right rules on your best guess for Ethan Bear's next contract? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like Coombe said, it's just kind of, you guys nailed it already, but um, I was, I'm going to say 1.26 million. Oh, greasy. <laughs> greasy just, going to uh, prices right over Tyler. But I think that his next contract, I, I do think it is a long-term uh, bomb kind of deal where you, you're getting up into that four and a half, five million dollar range, and it's just he's he's locked in as your number one right defenseman going forward. If if he continues on the trajectory he did this year, yeah, if he has another big year, he can he could easily net himself like the way contracts have gone, net himself like eight years, five point two five. Yeah, easy. easy. So you yeah, I, one one year again. Yeah. So but, here's what we got. Put, put me put me down at one year, one point six nine. Nice. I'll change it. Fuck it. Let's do it. We're all in. We're all doing the one-year deal. So we're all doing one-year deal. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, hit us up, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want to know your guesses for Ethan Bear's contract. So this is what we got right now. I'm the high guy right now. One year, two million bucks. Tyler's got one year, 1.25. Dan came in greasy at one year, 1.26. And then uh, Cam has got one year, 1.69. Nice. Uh, (laughs) So I want to know what you think is your best guess or Ethan Bear's next contract as we make our way in. I think we all agree it's going to get done. Uh, almost a little bit surprising it hasn't got done yet, but at some point, Ken Holland will get this one done. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I was, I'm asking people 
to contribute to our prices right bet here. I've got this written down. I'm going to turn to the podcast review. I've been asking for weeks. I've been asking for weeks. And here we go. We got a bunch of fresh ones here. This one is from the Mac Riley. This is a five-star review, and the title is just exquisite. Sitting here listening on a beautiful Edmonton fall day, and I can't help but compare this podcast to another Edmonton gym, the Talos Dome. Like those beautiful stacked silver prairie oysters, these guys shine bright, make Edmontonians proud when they put together when put together in a group. You might not be able to drink a beer at Rogers Place and get crazy, but you can give them a listen while taking down forty McNuggets or binge a few episodes and crush a six foot sub. Oh, that's so good. Can I play this? I also drink a beer at Rogers Place and I get crazy. There you go. I love the McRiley for this one because he just snuck in a bunch of show references into this review that I loved. Uh, Whiskey Woman says, five stars. I love this podcast. Great Oilers talk and banter back and forth between you guys. is always entertaining. I think you should listen to Rick more, though. He's always right. He was right about Yamo coming up, right about Dry winning both awards. Keep up the great work, and thank you for continuing the podcast, even during all the COVID stuff. It's been a great distraction. Uh, no, boys, no Shout boys that I did read that yeah. one on an episode yeah. and Rick's not here because we can't let that be going to his head. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't think Rick's right about that much stuff. He was right about the Yamamoto thing. You got to give him credit. He he was the Yamamoto hype train but, delivery guy. But, but he I'm not, wanted I'm him not, up. I'm not buying into this 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 um, this Rick worship. No, sorry, I, not happening. For I me. I argue that as well because Yamamoto came up in like late December, early January, or whatever. And I think that extra time marinating in the minors is why he was so successful. Rick wanted him up like after their first loss of the season. He was like, get him up here. This is a waste of time. He needs to save our season. And it's like, well, I don't know if it would have worked in October. Uh, here, here we are just remembering Rick's victories, none of his defeats. Like uh, the many times that he's been in shouting matches with people. And it's just, I can't even think of any of them off the top of my head. That's the beauty of what Rick does. He just he reminds you every day of the successes, and he makes you forget the one, failures. One of the last times we had Coom on this podcast, isn't that when we had our big screaming match about the lottery tickets? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was that was a big go. We because um, what it was is we wanted me and you wanted um, yeah. Uh, me and, was it me and Dan or was it me and Tyler? I can't remember. We you wanted, wanted to. Money. We wanted to sign a whole bunch of guys for like one well, million. Yeah, yeah. Me and, and me then me and Tyler and Brett, and Brett were like, "No, spend all the cap space on Ryan Pringle for fuck's sake. <laughs> Give him like six years and four point five million." No, to no, no. You guys were like, "Ryan Dzingle's the answer. He's so good, and he wants to play here for some reason." And then we were like, "No, sign uh, Thomas Yurko and <laughs> John Haas and Gaten Haas and." Every random player you can find in the like Swiss Elite League. I will say so, this: we made the, the lottery of. tickets that Ken Holland got this year are so much different than the lottery tickets from last offseason. Well, they're not even lottery tickets. Well, yeah, it's, that, like, like, it's like picking up a it's like picking up a cup at at Tim Hortons roll up the rim time, and the cup has the winning code on it already. Yeah, you just have to take it to the Tim Hortons to redeem it, right? Like if these are these are these are guys that have had success. Like Tobias Reader was our biggest Seth scratch Seth, ticket. Seth Griffith. Yes. This year's, Quine. this year's lottery tickets are, are scratch tickets are way different. It's like finding the social network in the $5 bin at Walmart. It's just a great, great steal for a lot of these guys. And I respect it. I like it. Um, Camposi fan says, much fun. Totally enjoy five stars. I'm only writing this to make bag milk shut up about having no reviews. So excited for the return of Nation Sims 3. Happy birthday, Tyler. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. 
Everybody that, great. Everybody that saw saying. us do trivia one week were like, oh, Nation Sims, he's going to be playing more NHL. And I'm just like, ah, oh, every second night of sitting here watching NHL play out is not, not really for me right now. Plenty more reviews to come. We're going to get to these every week. If you've got another one, a fresh one, keep them hitting us up. I will read them. Now that I know how to find them, I was very stupid for many weeks and pretended that they weren't there. Um, I'm going to change some gears. I'm going to change gears this to a different topic that came up this week. George's LaRock. George LaRock feels like he and Mike Tyson should have a charity fight. Uh, we're talking about head guards. We're talking about big gloves. We're talking about all that stuff. See if they could raise some money for, for charity. Uh, Robin Brownlee spoke to uh, spoke to George on WeathersNation.com about it. And I'll get some quotes there while everybody goes around the horn and thinks of whether or not this is a good idea for George to get in the ring with former heavyweight champ Mike Tyson. I personally don't think it's a great idea, despite the charity angle. I think that even though Mike Tyson is in his 50s, he will still light you up. And I think that is a bad, bad idea. Mr. Nation Dan, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, for all the young whipper sniffers on this podcast, uh, you can go back and Google on YouTube, on the YouTubes, uh, Muhammad Ali versus Dave Semenko. And that's exactly what you're going to see here with Mike Tyson. The one caveat, so so if you if you haven't had a chance to see that yet, uh, Semenko and Muhammad Ali, they exchanged some good blows and it looks like Ali kind of stuns him a few times. But uh, for the most part, it's pretty it's pretty amicable and, and friendly. Uh, the only risk I would say in that is like Bag Milk said, Mike Tyson, you know, maybe has a slip for a second and and just forgets that he's not in the middle of a battle against, you know, George Foreman or something. Instead, just, you know, clocks the rock. So, like, I I would love to see it for the charity angle. And and I think that this world needs some more funny, fun kind of things to watch. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a little scary for George. I want to see uh, Big George's ear get bit off here, eh? (laughs) Before... Before we get to Cam and Tyler's thoughts, uh, as I mentioned on OilersNation.com, Brownlee spoke to George and he says, it's not what people are thinking. I'm not that dumb, but a lot of people who don't know boxing, that's what they're thinking about. Online, you see people calling me crazy, saying I'm nuts, that what am I thinking that I could beat him? They don't understand. I'm full of energy, but my head is all there. I know what's good and bad situation. I'm not in a state of mind where I'm going to do something irrational that would hurt myself, you know? Imagine if I said, are you kidding me? I'm going to knock him out. I mean, come on. I just, I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting to watch. And like Dan said, there's, there's a precedent here with Semenko and Ali, but it's just, it's funny to think because I mean, like it, it wouldn't take much, even with big gloves on to, for Tyson to slip one and just kind of pop him right in the right spot because he's trained to do that. Tyler, what do you think? Tyson, LaRock, heavyweight battle. Yeah, I mean, like, if it's an if we, if we're going into this being like, oh, it's an actual fight, like Tyson would obviously dummy him because he's Mike. Not if they're on skates. Oh yeah, Not oh, if I, on skates. as soon as yeah, I brought that, skates, hey? like, make it a little even playing field. Like Mike Tyson tossing a pair of skates with like the shorts <laughs> and no shirt. But giving him like a year to learn how to skate, then maybe it'd be a little more interesting. But no, like, if they're in the ring, Tyson will win. But it'll be for charity, and it'll get a, give us something to talk about and all that. So. Whatever. Like, if I'm going to be lame about this, I don't really care. Oh, my God. Angry Tyler this, is back. I asked this question on the nation's Instagram yesterday. Just for some thoughts on what people were saying. Uh, Beards Brown says, I got to think a former world champion in any sport would completely destroy a hobbyist. Is this even a question? Uh, Angus says, RIP George. I'd watch it, though. 
the fucking worst. That's a hell of a username. Says Tyson bodies him. Uh, Papa Large says R.I.P. George. White Shadow says sorry to say, but George wouldn't last a minute. Uh, Amanda says, could they be on skates? Let's go. And Dan says, Phil says, well, Rock would get killed. Let's be perfectly honest here. So a lot of people not really having many, uh, you know, positive feelings about George's chances here. Why don't the Oilers sign Mike Tyson mm-hmm. to a PTO? Tyson and let him play on well. McDavid's left wing, and maybe he could be the answer if we're talking about scratch tickets. That would go along to along with uh, Tyler's big thing of PTO everywhere. Yeah, why don't you just like yeah? I mean, okay, sure. PTO Floyd Mayweather too. Just PTO like every free agent out there right now. PTO like Mike Hoffman and like, like send it on a Mike blast Tyson. email to all their agents where they can see they're all getting the email and just like attention, like, reply all. Yeah, like <laughs> attention. Like, your client has been invited to Edmonton Oilers camp on a PTO. We are excited First for your client. <laughs> First three responses get in. <laughs> Before we move on from, I, obviously, it's just being a little bit silly with the boys right now, but, like, looking around at the UFAs, is there anybody that's still available that surprises you? Like, you mentioned Mike Hoffman's still there, Michael Granlin's still there, Sammy Vatnin's still there. Uh, anybody really surprising you that's still available in free agency? Yeah. Hoffman, yeah, but, like, he's not going to get his long-term deal, so I feel like at this point now, he's just kind of sitting, waiting for some team to, like, maybe get an injury or something like that. Where they suddenly go, okay, yeah, we have $6 million. One year, six mil, come on over. Eric Halla, just because I don't think he's even, he, he should even be commanding that much money for him to have not found a team willing to give him like $2.5 million. He's made of glass, though. Yeah, he's always hurt, but. Bad news. I, I, I'm sure, I, I, I'm surprised about Halla. Less surprised about Hoffman, but they're going to get their deals eventually. It's just a waiting game. Like Anthony DeClaire is still out there. Former Oiler Drake Kajula is still out there. Um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that, and it's going to be interesting also just to see what these, what these guys sign for. Um, because as this goes on, you'd have to think that the price tag is coming down as team yeah. rosters fill probably up. Just, fill up. Probably just end up signing like one year show me deals, like do the Taylor Hall thing where it's like, okay, I found myself a situation where I can play 23 minutes a night on some ass team and then get traded at the deadline to somebody good and then sign a real contract next year when everyone's not broke ass. Like, do that, I guess. I don't know. Like, that's got to be the only play, right? If you're Mike Hoffman, you can't seriously think you're getting a long-term deal this offseason, right? Like, you have to have well, some like some clarity there. It feels like some of these guys have that like that like level of pride, though, where they just they don't necessarily want to take that deal right now. Because I mean, you see the the Dominic Cahoons of the world that were you know offered decent money and now are getting pennies to the dollar of what they were previously offered. So. I don't know. I like you. Got to think that a guy like Mike Hoffman has a lot of pride in the fact that he had sixty points and or fifty nine points in sixty nine games. Like, you know, he, he's a he's a good player, and he's not going to get the money he should have, and and that's got to suck for him. But like, I think like Cam said too, and it's even the same thing with Tyson Berry here in Edmonton. If, if Mike Hoffman signs for you know, he like let's be honest, he's got his money. He's he's doing fine. Like if he signs a one year deal, a low low money in a good spot. He could have he could rip up the season and cash in next year. So I'm surprised that more of these guys kind of haven't yet. But we'll see what happens, right? Uh, I want to change gears a little bit. Uh, Tyler brought up an interesting question that we've got coming up on Monday's mailbag at OilersNation.com. Are you more concerned when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers about the defense or the goaltending? 
The interesting thing about it is we have the exact same goaltending tandem. Cam brought up Mike Smith coming back again a little bit earlier. However, if you look at the defense, Oscar Kleffbaum is going to be out for the long term. You're going to need players like Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear to either maintain pace or take a step forward. So my question for you boys is, are you more concerned about the defense or the goaltending, Tyler? It's a fascinating question. Like For me, there's so much risk on both sides of this. Yes, they went out and got Tyson Berry, who's going to help replace the offense of Oscar Clefbaum. But on that left side, like you lost a left-handed defenseman who, when healthy, would play like 24, 25 minutes a game, can handle all situations, can play tough competitions. Like They lost their best D-man, and they didn't replace him with necessarily a top-pairing defenseman. So while it's good that they went out and got Barry because they would have been in a lot more trouble if they didn't, they still didn't fully replace Clefbaum, which makes me nervous about the defense But on the other side, it's like, you know, Caleb Jones could take a step forward. Darnell Nurse had to handle a lot of heavy minutes while Clefbaum was hurt last season as well. Chris Russell showed pretty well, actually, in the qualifying round. So maybe they'll be okay. In net, it's like, well, it was okay for them last year until the qualifying round. But, you know, hopefully hopefully Miko Koskinen can continue to be that 917 to 920 save percentage goalie. And hopefully he can play 75% of the games next season. Because you don't know what you're going to get from Mike Smith. Um, the answer I ended up giving in the mailbag was that I'm more concerned about the goaltending. Because if the goaltending is really bad, it almost doesn't even matter how good your defense is. Like if your goalies are letting in shots from all over the place and weak, a couple weak goals every game, it doesn't matter how good your goaltending is that or how good your defense is. That's going to sink you. Whereas if the defense is, you know, below average, but Miko Koskinen has this career year that we didn't see coming, then it almost, then again, he'll cover for that. Like they could still make the playoffs with below average goaltending. I don't think they are, sorry, they can make the playoffs with below average defense, but I don't think they can make the playoffs with below average goaltending. As we're just hit Tyler there. As we're uh, waiting for the other boys to do their answers, I'm seeing Nation Dan is getting in a vehicle. I think he is actually having to return his Pizza Pigo Champions Trophy. This is a very, very upsetting time for Nation Dan. Last year, he reigned supreme over everyone else. This year, he is calling shenanigans on how this went on the Jason Greger Pizza Pigout. However, it does look like he is returning the trophy here. He is in a vehicle. He is going to be driving somewhere. This is a narration of how... Oh, is this a new out. vehicle? Is it a different vehicle? It is a new vehicle, yes. What kind of vehicle is it? It's a Hyundai uh, Palisade. Cool. Cam, bigger concern for you for the Edmonton Oilers, the defense or the goaltending? Uh, why not both? <laughs> Just uh, a little, a little anxious about the whole thing altogether, honestly. Because Dan, mute yourself, Dan. Dan's got his beeping going on there. Uh, no, I, I'd say they kind of go hand in hand. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that either really looks to be a strength. I think I agree with Tyler that we're probably more likely to see the goalies kind of pull it together. I think. I'd like to see Miko Koskinen play more this year, but you also uh, you you can't really predict that right now because let's say the NHL wants to shove seventy games into like five months, then you know you're going to have a whole buttload of back-to-backs, and we're going to see Mike Smith a lot, whether you like it or not. But I I, I do think that losing Oscar Kleffbaum is like huge. Like in in recent years, every time he gets injured, like the team does have a really, really hard time compensating. I remember, I think it was 2017-18, they had that little hot streak there in 
uh, maybe it was eighteen nineteen. I don't know. Whatever. The, those two years blend together. Um, they had a little hot streak there in the winter time before December, and then Clefbaum bloody blocked a shot and broke his hand or something, and went out for like a month. And they were just they just cratered. Like you'd like to think that Nurse can handle the load, but he never has. Maybe Caleb Jones, like you said, maybe it's his time to step up. I that that'd be great. Tyson Berry, I don't know how much value he has at even strength. He's more of a power play guy. Larson's back is fucked, as we know. We don't really know what to expect from him. Maybe Evan Bouchard breaks into the league. Who knows? It, it, it's a lot of question marks, and you don't like to have question marks when it comes to your blue line. So I would say I have more optimism about the goalies, but that's probably more of a testament to how big of a question mark the blue line is, more so than it is a testament to the goaltending being good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Cam. I'm going to say, for me, the defense is still the biggest concern. Um, while I do give, you know, Holland a lot of credit for going out and getting Barry, it's not like when, you know, Sexy Reg went out and Shirelli just did not find anybody <laughs> to replace him, and it was just a horrible decision. So I do appreciate that, but like like Cam just said, Tyson Barry is going to be a guy that puts up points, but you're not going to want him out there probably in the last minute of a tight game to hold when you're up a goal or something like that. So I think that the defense is a big concern for me because everybody's going to be playing more minutes because Clefbaum is not there. I think that Caleb Jones is going to have to step up. There's no other option. Ethan Bear is going to have to be at least as good, which is almost unfair. It's not to say that I doubt that he could be as good or even better than last year, but it's also unfair to expect a guy in his sophomore season to be like, you need to make a tangible step forward. Otherwise, you know, the wheels could fall off here. And I think that's going to be really tricky because for years, the Oilers haven't really been a had a strong, strong defensive group. And while I think Miko Koskin will be just fine, especially if he's in a rhythm and he's playing the bulk of the games, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but I do worry about the defense. I do worry about the Oilers' ability to keep the puck out of the net and defend in their own zone. There's, uh, there's question marks there on defense and guys that are going to have to fight above their weight class to make it happen. I'm going to come to yeah. Dan to finish it off. I think well, you're still there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I just turned off my camera. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this makes for boring radio, but it is just the answer. It's, you know, you're, you're confident. I'm very confident in Miko Koskinen going forward. Uh, I don't believe as much as other people that Mike Smith is going to be this, you know, absolute trash goalie all of a sudden. I, I think that he was serviceable in most stretches last year, except for when he was hurt and then just refused to come out of the game, I guess. Um, but I, I, I think that your defense, you guys have laid it all out. Um, it's weird to say that I'm happy that Chris Russell is still here, uh, but I am. Uh, I think that the team, I, I think now this team just needs depth at defense to be able to, to be able to replace and, and keep the minutes overall down for all the players, as you guys laid out with, with the removal of Clefbaum from the lineup, everybody's minutes are going to go up. So if you can slot in a seventh defenseman that you're comfortable with and not have uh, not have that affect your defense too much, I don't think that the defense got much better. But you're not you're not as worried about the goaltending as you are the defense in the sense that it's still a weakness for the team. Tyler, yes, it's time to get your buttons ready. Oh boy, I don't have a cold performer yet. Because we are looking at the oodle noodle hot and cold performers of the week. As always, if you go into any of the 14 Oodle Noodle locations, they will be donating 10% from all takeout and curbside orders. 
to local charities and initiatives. If you want to keep up with all things Oodle Noodle and the videos that Josh Park makes of Jay doing silly dances and whatever else it is that Jay does, go to Oodle Noodlegram on Instagram and Oodle underscore Noodle on Twitter. Get yourself something to eat. Know that you're doing a, uh, doing your part to support local charities while you're at it as well. As we do every week, we are starting with our veggies. And because he is our special guest, I'm going to start with Cam, your Oodle Noodle cold performer from the past seven days. Like for anything? Whatever it you want sports, it to be, it man. It could be life. It could be whatever you want. Is there, anything, is there anything going on right now that's interesting? Nope. I, don't, nope. I can't really think of much that's happening right now. Very quiet news week. Um, hmm. Um, Christ, this is a hard one because, oh, geez, I feel like I'm forgetting. Something Do you want us to come back right to you? I kind of, I'm actively avoiding talking about something, but <laughs> you know, if I really just, really just want to put my neck on the line, my cold performer of the week is one Donald J. Trump for his inability to concede this election. Who's that? I don't know if you, if you guys have heard, there's a, there's something going on down south. It's been a little, it's been a little, uh, it's been a little hard to follow, so. I won't go into too much detail, but his uh, his little his little speech there yesterday was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. It was nonsense, is what it was. Yeah. It was complete pathetic. nonsense. You know really who's crazy. happy to see it though is one Matthew Kachuk, because the turtle jokes are <laughs> no longer just about him. Yeah, this is true. Dan, but, I'm going to uh, come. Yeah, to that's, 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 that's that's my cold one there, sure. Dan, I'm going to come to you. Your oodle noodle cult form of the week. Well, you know what? It's it's actually going to be the city of Edmonton and the fact that we've seen COVID cases skyrocket in the last uh, the last little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think that we're heading towards a, another you know another big issue coming up, and and I hope that you know I know that people listening to this are probably you know not the people that we need to talk to, but man, like just. Stay home, resist the urge to have parties of 15 people or more, and, you know, let's get rid of this COVID thing in our city and be more like Eastern Canada where they don't have, you know, cases for months on end. It's it's the city of Edmonton, my cold performer of the week. I'm upset. This year, I'm Chuck, your oodle noodle cold performer of the week. Uh, it's going to go towards just the Major League Baseball headlines from the last couple of days, as you guys know. In Hong Kong performers, I like to tie in other sports. It gives my takes on that. Um, while we're on the air recording here, Justin Turner will receive no discipline. Major League Baseball announces, which is just absolutely ridiculous. If you know that story, and also in the last like eight days, we've seen AJ Hinch and Alex Cora both get their jobs back after they were named in the Astros cheating scandal, or both. Well, Cora got his job back. Hinch got the same job in a different city. So, Major League Baseball uh, making the news for. Not a lot of right reasons. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. It's a new button. I'm going to go, I'm going to go my, I'm going to, I'm going to say my Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week is actually stretches over a long time. I'm going to say all of the games that Alex Ovechkin has missed in his career because it really kind of stopped him from chasing some Huge milestones. And just this week over on Sportsnet, they've got some quotes from Ovi that he wants to end his career in Russia. He says, I really want to come back and end my career at uh, Dynamo Moscow after a certain number of years that I will spend, God willing, in Washington. So I just think about like a guy right now. The NHL should be on right now. Cam's written about it. He almost checked in yearly about his mm-hmm. him chasing down Gretzky's goal total. And had it not been for the lockouts, 
and now coronavirus stepping in the way, then maybe we would have like a much closer race to talk about when it comes to Alex Ovechkin chasing down Gretzky's record. Those two have developed a really cool friendship over the last, you know, the last little while. I love watching them interact, Gretzky and Ovechkin, that is. And it just bums me out that we're missing one of the best to ever do it. Like we're missing months of him scoring goals. And I love when Ovi scores goals, his passion for the game, and it sucks. So I'm going to say missing out on all of this time about Ovechkin is my cool performer of the week and years, I guess. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. <laughs> I love that. Topic. But it didn't really fit the, the narrative there. Sure it did. We've been like hoodwinked and bamboozled out of years of <laughs> Alex Ovechkin's career. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, flipping the ledger to the positives from the last week, I'm looking at the Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Tyler, I'm starting with you. Ooh. Ooh. My Hot Performer of the Week? The National Basketball Association. For getting their wow, stuff is it, figured is out. Is another sports league that you've heard of? Yeah, it's another one of the sports That's leagues. That's exciting that you're tying these things in. Yeah, like, I like, like it. And all these, all the sports from Wee Tyler follows all these sports. Very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, they got their <laughs> plan for next season figured out, and that is exciting. I like when there are firm dates attached to things, and we know when the association is returning. They have a plan outlined. I believe it's going to be 72 games. Good stuff. NBA and NBA PA, I suppose. You get uh, my hot performer of the week. Cash money. Mr. Nation, Dan, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Well, uh, we did, a, I think, a, a pretty good job of uh, kind of talking about the, the sadness that was last week and the loss of Joey Moss. Uh, but my Hot Performer of the Week is going to go out to Jason Greger, uh, who compiled a list of 57 different stories from people that knew Joey Moss or people that Joey Moss impacted without even really getting to meet him. Uh that, that compilation of stories, I still honestly haven't even made it through it all the way because I, I get pretty, the room gets pretty dusty every time that I, uh, I go to read it and it's just, you know, eyes irritated all the time. But, uh, yeah, Jason Greger for, for putting together all those stories in one spot and you can read that over at othersnation.com. Ms. Cam Lewis, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performance of the Week. Well, now I'm going to sound like a jackass because Dan had something nice and something considerate and something that matters. But I was going to say, I recently started a new file on a Pokemon game. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the Pokemon, it's the Pokemon gold remake for the DS. And that game is so good. So good. Like originally those ones were like, it's probably my favorite generation of Pokemon game. But like that remake was just sublime, just unreal. So I'm, I'm working through that right now. I started a new file uh, on Wednesday so I'm bombing through that right now. I should be done probably in the next week or two. So yeah, that's my performance of the week. It's been uh, it's been fun. I've just been sitting down watching election coverage, playing Pokemon File. The music meshes up really nicely. The Pokemon music with the election talk is quite funny. So that's what I'm up to. That's my very exciting life right now. <laughs> I like this right here. What? <laughs> what is that supposed to be? That's Diddy. Okay. Diddy saying, "I like this right here." I don't listen to your millennial music, Tyler. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you clearly don't listen to this podcast either. I'm not my... going to you talk about sports. It's never going to happen. <laughs> my oodle noodle hot performer of the week is going out to my brother. He just celebrated his birthday on Wednesday. Uh, personal best for laps around the sun. So I'm just going to say happy birthday to my brother. You're my hot performer of the week. You did it. You made it. I love you. Thank you for not listening to this podcast.
I will see you at Christmas. Yeah! <laughs> From all of us at Oilers Nation Radio. Shout out to Cornerstone. Shout out to Cornerstone again for making this special guest appearance with Cam Lewis possible. I want to thank our friends at Sherwood for the Giants. I want to thank SkipTheDishes.ca. I want to thank Oodle Noodle. And as Tyler just said, our brand new sponsor, Cornerstone Insurance, for making all of this possible. And to each and every one of you for listening to the podcast and putting down your reviews. I found them. I'm going to keep reading them. And I'm just going to now I'm going to ask at the end of every podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ON Radio Podcast. We want to get those numbers up. We want to get the numbers up. So please, on Instagram and on Twitter, ON Radio Podcast. From all of us, this is episode 111. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Cam, are you going to say best wishes? Or do you, <laughs> do you have press- a recording of me saying it? Or do you want me to say it like real? No, I got it. Best wishes. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.